I, I felt the need to start recording real quick because I'm going to have to nip this one in the bud. Why do Americans say Graham? Uh, What's his real name? Graham. Cracker. It's Graham everywhere. <laughs> Graham. Fine. Graham. Gr- gr- you know what, Kieran? Is it Graham Crackers? Is that how you guys spell yeah, it? Yeah, it's Graham Crackers, dog. Is that how you spell it with the H? Yeah. Yeah. So you just ignore the H and do like a big long A. There's tons of words yeah. where you kind of just roll like it just if you say it quickly it turns <laughs> into uh it turns into like you just flatten the the letters together. It, no, because when I hear I've heard graham crackers on TV and stuff, I just was like G R A M graham crackers <laughs> like the unit of measurement, just like I don't no, know no, no, one no, gram no. each or something. <laughs> yeah, but we don't use the metric system, dog. Yeah, but like you, I know, you have... I know, I know, I know. Yes, in, you're probably right. In a, in, a, in a, the oddities of the United States, you could very well have that exist. You're right. Yeah, because yeah, right. yeah, you right. had like yeah, we like Oreos are a cookie. What are they made by? National Biscuit Company. I was like, yeah, all right. You guys have like a bunch of weird leftover stuff. Wait, is that what Nabisco stands for? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, what the fuck? <laughs> God What's damn. the other one? It's just like oh yeah, no, we don't say post. We call it mail. Who's in charge of it? postmaster general like yeah <laughs> that's a fucking cool post to have though let's just be honest postmaster general yeah, yeah. <laughs> postmaster general yeah I, but it is only that's the only boy and those are food. like institutional and administrative leftovers that like it's almost like they keep the outdated word to like set themselves above society yeah the only opposite though is that like College is the older word than university. Yeah, but both exist in the U.S. and they're slightly different. Mm. The, even the though, UK, even though, like, university. all right, no, you're right because like Boston College exists, which is a university, yeah, technically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Boston College is but, also where um, Father Ted moves in season four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the actor doesn't die; he just, uh, you know, keeps going. Hey, 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 welcome to your bonus corner, Spady. We're doing a, we're doing, we're doing something a little different here where uh, uh, Kieran has set up a little show and tell. We're going to call this show and tell. Show and tell episode one. Kieran uh, found a cool frog behind his, uh, at the bus stop this morning and brought it into school to show his friends. Yeah, like, okay, that's another thing I watched at American TV that we don't do in Irish schools, show and tell. It just seems like the most insane shit in the world. It's what are you, like, yeah, I found a cool rock. What are you supposed to do when you find a cool rock? <laughs> just not bring it to school? Like, tell your parents about it? I don't know. Oh, what happens? Oh, what about cool if, you're, no, then your if your parents, parents take it away from you and then your parents yeah. have a cool rock? What about when your parents have yeah. a really cool gun and you want to show your friends at school? What do you do? <laughs> Like what? What part of like a you laugh cool... about this? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Rob's uh, Rob's thesis. Is, I uh, uh, breaking no, his brain. <laughs> no shit. No shit. No shit. I um. Mm. So there was like one year in like third grade or whatever. You know, you have like class plays that you put on. Like there was one that was like Wild West theme or whatever, and they were like getting props. And one kid was like, oh, I can bring in my BB gun as a prop. And they no shit let him bring his BB gun as a prop for this fucking third graders, um, you know, school Shows play. Out. So, oh, right. okay. yeah, given it was unloaded, but still, yeah, you may, you, you <laughs> say these things like it has not happened. That is pretty much like show and tell. 
Oh, I believe it. I just, I just find the concept of show and tell. I just, I don't understand how, like, how anyone thought that was education. Just it, like I found a cool isn't. rock and I'm going to tell my friends about it in like an institutionalized manner. It's like, yeah, are you learning anything here? What is this? Yeah. So Kieran has something for show and tell today. <laughs> All right, Kieran. You know, stand in the front of the class. What do you yeah, have? Yeah. Here we go. All right. I found a cool rock. Um. So the the. The general concept of this idea is we're, we're going to find some like cultural touchstones of like various European countries. I'm looking forward to like whatever the German equivalent mm. of this is. Modern Family. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an American show that no one in the U.S. watches. Exactly. Germans, oh, yeah. no shit, are very upset that like it's the last season of Modern Family. I've seen ads for it everywhere. Yeah, that's fair. I think Latin America is also mad into the Modern Family or something. Yeah. I think it's a There's show these, that I've yeah. seen literally every episode of just by being at people's houses. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, the thing I'm going to show these guys is uh, uh, Father Ted, which I have shown them. Uh, for any Irish listeners who are listening, you know what Father Ted is. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, Father Ted is an Irish sitcom that ran for three seasons from 1995 to 1998. It is basically the Irish TV show. If I were to do this uh, episode again with more Irish stuff, it will not. It, none of them will be TV shows, movies, uh, or Boondock Saints. I yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I've already done like this episode. Ev- like a TV event, maybe. Like there's some live events that happen on Irish TV, but like th- I think this is the only TV show. You mean like those little uh, puppets that then ring in the New Year? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you saw an ad for Podge and Raj's New Year. Yeah. Uh, I can't, I can't, I can't begin to explain Podge and Raj. There's simply no time. Um, <laughs> Father Ted, you can explain. Uh, yeah. But these two puppets who ring in the New Year with your family that then seem like the most fucking psychotic shit. I legitimately believe you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Podge and Raj. Uh, puppets like have a weird role in Irish television. That actually might be a whole other episode. But. <laughs> When I talk about Father Ted, uh, the Irish sitcom, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, the general synopsis is it's about a priest in a remote Irish community called, fictional Irish community called Craggy Island. Uh, his name is Ted. He's also li- living there in the parochial house with the housekeeper, Mrs. Doyle, and two other priests, Father Dougal and Father Jack. As I understand uh, it, the, the Craggy Island is loosely based off the islands off Galway. In the, in the pilot, he does mention Galway, and that there's a Ted Fest every year that takes place out on these islands. I don't know if you've ever uh, been, Kieran. I have not been to Ted Fest. <laughs> I know about You haven't Ted lived. Fest. <laughs> I haven't dropped acid at Ted Fest. <laughs> <laughs> I I do think that those things like I don't know like they can't be that fun every year. Like there are only like eighteen episodes in total. We're talking um, eight nine hours of content. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. uh, but what content it is? They're literally um, yeah. I saw an ad on like not an ad but like the sidebar for YouTube of like watch all episodes. It was like twenty episodes. I'm like I could. You know, this is, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. a one-day thing that I could definitely get done. Including, inclu- uh, not including the Christmas special, there's 25 episodes. Yeah, I could do uh, Yeah, yeah, you could definitely do that. That's like one season of an American sitcom yeah, before Netflix. this is me. I, I know what I'm going to do now. I'm just going to get really high and watch all the Father Ted episodes then. Drop ass. <laughs> Drop ass at a Ted Fest. I genuinely had a hard time picking the episodes that you guys are going to watch uh, uh, to show you guys. 
And there was even like with the Christmas episode, which I think is notoriously like the worst episode. Um, but they had that like wonderful scene towards the beginning of it that I just had to show you. Um, yeah, it, it, it's this show is big in Ireland, <laughs> massive still to this day, even though it was like the mid 90s this thing started. Um, Ted Festos happens, yes, it is. Craggy Island is loosely based off of like the smallest Aran Island. I think that's what the overhead shots are that they use for the intro. Uh, but most of it's actually, well, the sound stage is in London and then the outside shots are in County Clare, which I lived very close to. So this this whole thing just reminds me of the three years I lived in rural Limerick. Mm. Do you know anyone who was an extra on Father Ted? Um, I've met several people involved with Father Ted. Ireland is a very small country. Um, I, that's actually a good. Let's 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 go into that. So the main actor is Dermot Morgan, who um, I never met because he passed away in 1998, um, possibly 1997. I actually can't remember. But uh, I went to the same secondary school as him, and my school was very proud of that fact that they produced Dermot Morgan, and also. That Frank is Kelly. Sorry, th- yeah. that is like a funny metaphor for like I don't know, like people who go to your high school is supposed to like inspire you to like dream big. And I mean, he seems like a very talented fellow, but it's like there's something funny about the fact that like here in Ireland, you can get if you get big enough, you can like Riley satirize your own culture. <laughs> like that's the that's yeah. the peak well, of no, no, uh, the, society. The, the, the sa- pretty, <laughs> no, the sadder pretty- thing is here in Ireland, if you get big enough. You can fuck off to London. Mm. That's like the real <laughs> sadness of all. Of yeah, it. that's always a thing though. That then, like in the U.S., of like, oh, did anyone famous go to your high school? And like, I I can only name one person. That's like a that's not really like I don't know. Do you do you have someone, Rob? No, like no. like one arena football league player. Yeah, it's all yeah. For, yeah, it's <laughs> like it's always like it's always like someone that's like. It's always sports players. celebrity. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. For mine, mine is Chad Musco went to my went to my high school for that's if you played real, Tony Hawk. That's a, Hawk, that's a sleeve McDyke last yeah. name. <laughs> Chad uh, Musco. Uh, the singer Chad Jojo the greatest fucking went, character in went to fucking, the in fucking what's it called Tony Hawk Pro Skater. You show respect, all right, brother. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The singer yeah. Jojo went to the high school next to mine. I believe at the same time as my brother. So she was that was cool. The nineties, nice. uh, yeah, C list pop star. Yeah, um, I think Ireland is a bit more. Well, I guess we just like Ireland just doesn't have the massive media empire that the United States does. And then I think yeah, I think every secondary school, every school in Ireland has a claim to fame with like someone in sports, um, because we have all our Irish sports, the GAA, hurling and Gaelic football and stuff like that. So I think it's pretty easy to have someone who was big in sports in Ireland go to your school, but like someone who was on the television, that's 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 a bit more difficult. Uh, I think another connection is that my ex girlfriend's older sister was in a TV show with Ardell McCandlin, the guy who plays Dougal. Um, that was not very good. Yeah. <laughs> These are wonderful stories to tell around to tell your children. <laughs> I know, right? Um, oh, but I, I met Frank Kelly twice as oh, well. How, I, how was he? He's lovely. He's Aww. genuinely a very lovely person. I made him a sandwich once back when I back in my sandwich making days. Which one's mm. Frank Kelly? Father Jack. 
Oh, okay. Gary Sandwich Artistry yeah. Days. Eh, artistry is a stretch, but sure, yeah. What what do you call the people in subway counters? That was basically yeah. what I was doing. Sandwich yeah. artists. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yanks. Anyway. <laughs> um Okay, for people who kind of know Father Ted, I'm going to tell uh what I showed these two guys, which was Good luck, Father Ted, very first episode, uh, mainly centered around the concept of Funland, which I think is a parody of an Irish theme park, traveling theme park called Funderland. Um, With no relation to Ursula von der Leyen. No, yeah. <laughs> Ursula von der Leyen, more like. Um, yeah, that's what she was. That's what she's fond of Funderland. Um, I showed them the bit of the Christmas episode. And then three episodes from season three. Are you right there, Father Ted? The infamous, I hear you're a racist now, Father. Episode Speed 3 and Going to America. That was a good episode, yeah. I have to say, I I think uh, the Funland stuff was probably the funniest. I mean, it's a pilot, so I guess you've honed your script many times when you get it in. But I thought that was a pretty... I, I mean, I think some of the peaks of the show are when it's... There's interactions between the priests. Um, I hope I didn't step on your toes. This is a show about three priests um, and oh, interacting okay. <laughs> with the townspeople. Um, th- there's a great scene in the pilot where there's like a husband and a wife who are like seem like about to kill each other. Yeah. Then they're like, oh, oh father, Catholic how are you, shit. father? I fucking, that, that scene like killed me because that's way too. One of them is like, hiding a comically normal. large knife behind their back. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that definitely is like real fucking Catholic vibes. And then, then in order to like, I mean, I don't know for like, this is the thing of like growing up in a very, like, very Catholic household of my mom wanting to be like the best Catholic as she possibly can be. And then just like having like when you're like a kid, like, and I went to Catholic school too. So then like her marriage mm. absolutely falling apart when I'm like in Catholic school and then having to like obviously pretend to then like the priest that then like everything's baller. And then just like, you obviously like, you know, you have to go, you know for an annulment in the Catholic Church if you're going to, you know, not just, like, legally divorce, you have to divorce within the Catholic Church, which is, like, pretty difficult to do. So, um, which I don't think my mom ever actually did, because it's, like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, because it's, like, there is this, there is this thing of, you know, like, having, and I know that, like, a lot of other families, too, within, like, the parish my mom belonged to, that was always the exact same vibe of, like, you knew the families outside of church, and then when they were in front of the priest, it was like, oh, yes, Father, everything's great. Everything's fantastic. And it's like, they may even, like, know the priest more, like, personally or whatever, this and that and that. But, like, the priest doesn't really actually know them. Get the fucking crunchies out of the car. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah they're, they're, like, recurring uh, side characters. They're the local shop owners. Um, and, yeah, I think that's a direct satire of the fact that, like, when the show started filming, divorce was illegal in Ireland. Hmm. Um, and even after the referendum happened in 1995, which is when the show started airing. And even then in 1995, there is a there was a seven year separation period. You had to be legally separated for seven years before you could officially get divorced. Are you uh, sure? You gotta. You should think about it. Sleep on it for seven yeah, years. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, this, um, this is exactly what an annulment is in the Catholic Church. You gotta like. Yeah. You know, yeah. This makes sense. The only uh, it's now been reduced to three years, but like it's uh, 
Uh, I think most amicable divorces in Ireland, I think, did a thing for a while where they would just lie and say, oh, yeah, we've been separated for seven years. Um, but, like, that didn't really work for anything that wasn't amicable. The So most people just like, yeah, there was a lot of shit like that. And Nick is right. It's very Catholic of just, like, keeping the marriage going even though you really, really fucking shouldn't. Yeah. 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 Um, I really do love that first episode as well because there's just a lot of like very Irish. I don't. I the absurdity of Irish like the word is naffness. I don't want you to really describe like cheesy or cheap kind of like fun. Just like the absurdity of something like Funland definitely happened when I was younger. Just like the tunnel of goats, or like one of <laughs> one of the rides being like a kid being allowed to go up a ladder, and then like the teenage the teenager working Funland shouting at him, hands on the sides. <laughs> like, yeah, that was yeah, that, that was a, a high point, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're you. Um, I guess you want to introduce this later, but as I understand it, of the two writers of the show, one is a bit of the one focuses on satirizing ireland uh and the other brings cheeto dust um encyclopedic <laughs> knowledge of star wars um if he was born as a millennial and not a privileged gen xer he would just be a moderator of tv tropes his whole life but he was able to get a job uh yeah i guess there's like a yeah there's a compare and contrast with uh the first episode good luck father ted and speed three um you saw speed three did you rob mm-hmm. the end no fewer than three movie references including several of movies that no one under 40 has seen like the towering inferno <laughs> or uh, poseidon adventure yeah yeah uh, uh the speed three is a very oh, yeah, fun I, thank you for like clarifying that for me it's like these are references i know they are but uh... <laughs> yeah i did watch uh the first 20 minutes of towering inferno i want to say when i was nine and i and i slept through the rest so um, yeah. that's like me whenever i watch an avengers movie so that's cool <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i guess this is the time to introduce the two writers of the show because like this is structurally a british sitcom like it was made by a british production company and was shot in london like all the indoor scenes were shot in london and british sitcoms in general and irish sitcoms are the same even the ones made in ireland um, don't have writers' rooms. You literally have the person who created the show, uh, or people who created the show, write all the episodes. Which is why a season of a British sitcom is like six episodes long rather than twenty-five. Um, so the two writers who wrote all these episodes are lesser-known Arthur Matthews and internet villain graham linnan uh someone who we've never talked about on the show but is obviously figures into um, kieran kieran's kieran's brought him up like a couple of times just in passing he's like a transphobe but yeah Hmm. that's what people know him as um but yeah graham this is where graham linnan gets his start and as Rob kind of alluded to, the difference between Arthur Matthews and Graham Linehan is, as far as we can be able to tell post Father Ted, Arthur Matthews is the one who was more satirical of Ireland. He was the observer of Irish life. He 
I think he's from a more rural part of Ireland. Graham Linehan comes from Dublin, as far as I know. And Graham Linehan was like, to put it in a friendly way, a cinephile. Like he would just love. <laughs> That's just a love word for films. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like he just rewatched the classics and stuff, and he's aware of the tropes. And to be honest, I think the combination of them two of the two of them make something decent. That's fair because there's if it's Arthur Matthews by itself or things that have been Arthur Matthews has made TV shows in Ireland before by himself. But if it's something like Arthur Matthews by himself, things get have a tendency to get a little navel gazy about Ireland mm. and lack any kind of appeal beyond Ireland. I think it's also worth pointing out that like the United States has a much richer cinema and television tradition than Ireland does, so you might want to pull from their lessons. Uh, I think the combination does work. But like Speed 3 is just like that didn't have Speed 3 did not have to be set in Ireland basically. That mm. episode of Father Ted. I feel that you're like too like tough on Graham Linehan, whatever the fuck his name is, transphobe, mm. you know, fella. Yeah, because yeah. the other shows that he's done are actually like quite funny. Like, oh no, he he is funny, but yeah. the other shows that he's done, like, they... he left. Um, <laughs> I like the IT Crowd. IT Crowd's a good show. Like, I watch. Yeah. I like my personality is that like sometimes I sit down and be like, I've never done this thing. I gotta gotta learn about it and so like recently that's been the history of rome and uh nick cave and so like at some point when i was like 20 i was like gotta see what this it crowd thing's about and, I, and then i was like underwhelmed i don't know that's, i'm not a tv guy you're, that's i know a, you're, you're you're a cinephile mm. yeah you like the mm. classic you like star China. wars <laughs> tim burton's planet of the apes um but the but the thing that I would point out about the other stuff that Graham Linden has done is he left Ireland and any kind of like discussion of Ireland like almost immediately. Mm. IT Crowd is not like, despite one of the main guys being Irish, is not an Irish show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good to know um, your strengths. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Arthur Matthews went on like, he's wrote for TV shows on RTE and RTE2, the National Broadcasters in Ireland. He's done theater in Ireland. Uh, he still does like writing on TV shows in the UK, but like he worked in Ireland again, basically. Whereas Graham Linlin kind of like left it all behind after Father went Day. to the big mm-hmm. time. Went where the yeah. went the, to the big smoke. Yeah, yeah. the big um, you know helpsits of transphobia. I just like this <laughs> quote that that you put down, uh, Kieran. It's from hmm. a 2012 interview with Arthur Matthews saying. Graham spent a lot of time listening to the Pixies and watching Taxi Driver. When I knew him first, it was like he'd never been outside the house, except to go see Star Wars films. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> pretty much. He was a shut-in. And yet, and then this is someone who's like, just because of like, I mean, like I alluded to earlier, circumstance, luck, but also like, you've, you've like locked yourself in a room and watched the same like, I don't know, script for producing something like a TV show until you can repeat it. Um it's like not learning a language, but memorizing every like sound of it. And then yeah, they're like, like learning to speak English like a parrot does. Yeah. And then it's like, well, we should like this person clearly should like comment on what society needs and how it should be run and <laughs> what people have rights and things like that. Like, I just do think it's like why I just I 
I I just don't like that dude. <laughs> it's, there's just something like he just. I don't like him for his personal grating. politics, but I I don't I I I don't really see the. I can definitely separate his work from the fact that he's a piece of shit. Like yeah, I, I think- I've enjoyed some of his other stuff that I do like actually enjoy, and yeah, it is problematic some of the episodes here and there, and. I mean, maybe this also comes from the background of then, like, when you like music that you just know that you shouldn't look into what the personal politics of these people are, <laughs> you know? It's like, I can definitely, like, go and, like, yeah, fucking, you know, drag him on Twitter, this and that and that. But it's like, I'm not going to, like, not admit that I don't enjoy, like, I the, the bits of Father Ted that I've seen, regardless of who wrote which part, I found the show, like, genuinely funny. Um, mm. And I... You know, like it can exist in that. Like for me, like I don't need to like know that the guy who made it sucks, regardless of which one it is. I don't know. That's just me personally. Then again, like I said, this probably comes a lot from, you know, being into extreme music where if you just like look into like, oh, what are the politics this bit? Oh, they're all racist. Well, <laughs> I'll just make sure not to give them any money. The uh I, I think the I do, I do understand where Rob's coming from, and it's like a personal taste thing. Yeah, yeah no, no. I, I mean, like, I, to each their own yeah. on this one. Because I, I get what Rob's saying. Like, it's kind of like he's he's learned a formula. To an extent, there's, like, not much in the way of artistry there. He's made something good, but, like... I, I think the other thing that's happened, or what happened with Graham Lennon's career over time, is that he had a very... I think he had a poor ability to recreate his successes. Is yeah, I because the that. formula wears over time, and I, I don't think he was taking anything new in. Like, even the stuff that he, you're talking about, like, that he would love to watch, like, go and watch and see, is kind of of, like, not, the, not necessarily the generation before him, but a bit before his time, even. Like, he is, like, he is lit, he's, like, engaging with media that was written from, like, on, like, a top hundred list from on high. Mm. Um, it's worth pointing out that like they met while working for Hot Press, which is I guess the Irish equivalent of like Rolling Stone magazine. It's like a musical mm. criti- like criticism magazine, and he does have like his his tastes in film and stuff like that have exactly that. I'm an art critic, like Gen X art critic type of thing. Yeah, it definitely yeah. seems that the the motherfucker who like goes and types in like hundred best movies and like will just watch. Yeah. Them. <laughs> Yeah, I have a lot of personal revulsion to these kinds of people, so that also explains yeah, me. Yeah. Just because, like, it's like, yeah, I was that I when I was movies, six. So I was that when like... I was sixteen, and yet you're a fifty-year-old <laughs> man getting banned from Twitter. So, you know, it's like, too, success can sometimes, uh, you know, not lead to personal growth. You know what I mean? Yeah, but this is just the problem of Gen Xers, though, right? Like, yeah. this is like, mm. like, this is a generational problem for them. Is that they literally grew up in like the best i don't know how it is in ireland but i know for like americans it's definitely like they grew up in like you know most you know silver spoon in there especially white americans you know in the in the best years of like you know best economic years best opportunity like job Mm. opportunities didn't have the massive amount of debt and shit like that and they're the first ones to complain about like they're just as fragile as boomers are but their brains aren't nearly as much yet as boomers are either so they live in this like continuous existence of like that they need to have like this like level of validation that no one should give them, you know. Mm. And I'm imagining this is like probably internationally similar within just Western world, like the Western, you know, 
uh, sphere of influence. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that that in that case, yeah, like he should be bullied. <laughs> but again, like, yeah, I think it's just there's a very common, uh, I want to say, liberal trap yeah. of, um, which gets difficult with the whole like separating art from the artist thing because there's this liberal belief that people who are good at what they do are good people. Yeah, it's like definitely like 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 J.K. Rowling vibes similarly as well. You know, like she's definitely mm-hmm. like the quintessential Gen Xer. You know, also notorious transphobe. <laughs> yes, but I'm more thinking of like um, when people were try- like liberals were trying to defend a little bit, like Amy Coney, uh, Amy Coney Barrett was that it? The the <clears throat> latest Supreme yeah. Court justice. They're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, let's let, let's look at her credentials. It was like. I remember it was, I think it was Nathan J. Robinson who was like yelling on Twitter. It was like, yeah, she's, she's good at being a lawyer, but she uses that for evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's like, it, I think there's this knee jerk reaction when some liberals find out that Graham Linehan is a massive transphobe that they want to just say all his work was bad, even though they probably enjoyed it a couple of years ago. I think on the left though, we have that problem. Like we just do. Sure. And I, yeah, I mean yeah. like, like this is the thing I'm very much in the camp of like, uh yeah like as long as it's like that you aren't like actively all right if the person's work is like actively calling for these bad things you know yeah yeah. like um uh uh uh, like the most notorious example of music that i can obviously give is like you know someone like i mean what's like the most like heinous thing you can think of um all right i don't know so many metal bands i can think of uh, I, I'm more thinking of, like there was a lot of um, there's a lot of rappers who would have like very derogatory language towards women, which was pretty common in like 90s and 2000s rap. And then you find out they like beat a woman, and you're just like, that's that's not good. Like those like who's that I'm, guy? I'm talking Brianna? more. Oh, Chris Brown. Chris yeah. Brown. Yeah. yeah, but that's like a whole other different. I feel that like pop, like yeah. pop music in that level is a whole other different thing. But like more like I, I mean like the best example I can think of is like Varg from mayhem where he's like an open neo-nazi but like a lot of the lyrics of his music aren't really like neo-nazi-esque but if you like dig deep they actually kind of are that one's like definitely on the fence of like i know people who've stopped listening to his side projects and i'm like and i i don't like that was stuff i thought that was cool when i was like younger you know and then it's like Mm -hmm. you realize like oh he's a nazi and it's like all right well i can like not listen to that you know like that's a pretty easy one to make or like bands who are like openly like about racist bad shit or whatever or like actually like you know i don't know people who've like done songs or music about like murdering people or some shit then like have actually been like you know convicted for murder like that's actually like you know kind of hard to separate you know one from the other but it's still not i would still argue that then that they're not like preaching that you should go and kill someone you know yeah like that's like much more of a gray zone i think than like i don't know like I guess yeah. it's just simply in the sense that then, like, if your brand is being something that's then like promoting bad behavior, like not even just like bad behavior, but like actually like, and I think it's like like, like you know, either like racist or like you know, xenophobic or sexist behavior, then that's like you know, on the line of like being questionable. Where I would say that then in these TV shows, it's like not really the case, but it's like up to mm. you then if you want to support it, you know. Yeah. Like, I think on the left, we just want to be, like, you know, so pure about, like, everything I listen to and watch is woke when we'll just, like, <laughs> end up watching and listening to the shittiest stuff that exists, 
you know, or we'll get the like liberal take of things where everything has to have like a deeper meaning, which then just becomes lame, you know, or mm-hmm. becomes open American propaganda. Like, what do you want? <laughs> I I just think uh, Graham Linehan is a husk of. I'd rather hear what Vargas has to say than Graham Linehan because I think Varg is a. <laughs> A strange mind, and it's like I don't know what. Oh yeah, I don't no, know no, what no. this. Whereas Grim Linehan is such a he's, he's like he's yeah, really yeah, exactly. weird. Yeah. Sorry, go on, Rob. No, just that Graham Linehan. He's just like I don't know. I just gets he just he's one of those people in the world that deeply makes me sad. Like such an empty person. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, right. So I, I think unless we have anything else to yeah. say, to... <laughs> sorry for that sidetrack. No, 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 it's no, fine because fine, this is actually something that like really does bug me like in no, no it doesn't bug me. But I think it's always like something that then like never is honored, like an actual discussion in the left of like, is it OK to participate in someone's work, even though, you mm-hmm. know, the person's like, I mean, Grant Linehan is not like a horrible person, just a shit politics where like there are like legit horrible people who have made art. Like, yeah. Picasso is probably one of the best examples of that, you know? Is, can you still call Picasso a great artist even though he was, like, a pedophile and, a, like, openly a pedophile and stuff like that? Like, those are discussions, I think, that then, like, you know, who there is, like, that one... Who's the stand-up comedian who, like, did that stand-up thing that wasn't funny, but it was just, like, a preachy one-and-a-half-hour-long thing? Are you talking about Nash? Yeah, exactly. Like, that entire thing was, like, like half of her thing was about like deconstructing art and stuff like that. And I just found it like really boring and preachy and like, dude, we fucking all know this. If you look up any of these people for two seconds, you know, like I, I, I don't see what the point of then like discrediting their art is. then at that point, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, like, like I sucks. said, I mean, like I wouldn't even say that then comedy is maybe even like art in a similar sense, but you know, it's still enjoyment. It's still entertainment. Yeah. So there is, there, but there is a discussion yeah. there that then, like, the left never really wants to have because it's always like, oh, they're canceled. I'm not going to enjoy it. It's like, I still think this shit's funny. Like, I think, like, a, a Marxist left always gets a bit like, well, this is culture. This is, like, not, like, this is extraneous to, like, you know, the, the, they reject the kind of liberal belief of, like, culture influences politics and go with politics influences culture mm-hmm. the other way around. So well, culture yeah, well, can just be whatever. Which is, yeah. which is I guess, you know, I don't, I, fine. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Take whichever one you want. Pick your poison. If, um, uh, um, yeah. you know, if you're out there and you want to get into some school shooters, but they're all Nazis, you should check out Adam Lanza's Handy Hook Shooter, who was an anarcho-primitivist and called into John Zerzan's radio show once. <laughs> Rob, I'm sorry. You, you can cut soon. that. You can cut that. <laughs> no, I'm leaving it because you know why not? We're behind the paywall. Um, right. So those are the those are the two writers. That's kind of like what we want to say about that. Graham Linehan, bad person, but he has money for a reason. Um, Arthur Matthews. Um, yeah. What I'm saying is that if you like their stuff, pirate it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's all like every episode of Father Ted's free on, on YouTube, YouTube. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. Um, but okay. Then I think we have the actors, who I'll talk about briefly. Uh, we have Dermot Morgan, who played Father Ted. He died a day after um the shooting of season three wrapped. Um, yeah. So he's kind of memorialized in Ireland as this like great satirist and comedian and stuff. Um, I 
think where his ashes are scattered, there's like a Joker's chair or something like a Joker's throne, uh, a statue in bronze. Oh, the Joker, yes. Yeah, the yeah, Irish Joker. Is, he is the Joker. Um, but yeah, he died of a heart attack day after filming. Does it say why so serious on his on his uh, tombstone <laughs> in in <laughs> Irish? Um, hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is actually, I I do want to lead to two things. I I showed you guys the last episode, and. There's two things that I do want to mention about that mm. uh, in regard in the context of Dermot Morgan dying, uh, which is the original script for the last episode was Father Ted committing suicide. Uh, yeah, I, I want to um, back up for a second because sure. So the the three main characters, I mean the three priests, whatever you want to call them, they're like mm. Father Ted is like the um, he reminds me a lot of like a Seinfeld character. Like he's trying to be like you know he's like does like bad or selfish things you know and he tries to cover it up um but yeah. he's still like the protagonist and someone you're supposed to root for and then Confession, there's the, like what's up with that <laughs> what with all these sacraments <laughs> that classic father ted line mm, that classic <laughs> seinfeld line for that matter <laughs> um and then the like kind of the dumb uh but who gets like most of the i think he was like um considered the funniest the the other uh i'm sorry i forget the names of the characters the like dumb one dougal dougal and then the yeah. old man who sits in a chair and yells which any show or podcast needs like just someone in the corner <laughs> the Matt Yours Christmas the <laughs> and so i can see like once i i think i think even reading um on wikipedia or something they say that they were inspired by seinfeld and what seinfeld was so good at is like oh like sort of like popular TV shows are inherently cheesy. There's like montages and it's sort of like, how do you stick to like something, you know, I don't know, like outside the box or even subversive um, while still like landing it. Um, I think the like Seinfeld finale is very good at that. Uh, and it seems like they wanted to do that too, but then they just kind of were like, yeah, no, no, we can't do that. <laughs> yeah. So like, first of all, I would say this also comes from the British, the uh, tradition of British sitcoms as well. Uh, British sitcoms basically never have happy endings. Mm. Um, that is like one kind of distinct difference between British sitcoms and American sitcoms. Like, I think the, the most famous one is oh, Jesus, what? Um, I think it's Black Adder. Yeah, Black Adder uh, dot, like ends with all of them re- like charging over the trenches and dying in World War I. Uh, and this was like a comedic sitcom. Um, even if it's not World that War melodramatic, One. funny. <laughs> even if it's not that melodramatic, it will be like the the ending will be you are stuck in the kind of like hell that we have created for you for comedic purposes. Um, which is kind of what they did with this. Like you're you're not leaving to go to America, Father Ted. You're stuck in Craggy Island forever, forever and ever and ever and ever. Mm. Um, I just I felt like it didn't really. Like, Father Ted was a little like, oh, I love my friends. That's why I want to stay. Rather than, like, there's some mishap that keeps him from, from leaving. So the the thing that happened, the thing that was meant to happen is the last scene was meant to be the next year's It's Great to Be a Priest convention um, where both him and Tommy Tiernan, the depressed priest, 
are both on the ledge and both jump. Um, that was meant to be the season three ending. Because they also knew that season three was going to be their last season because Dermot Morgan was just like, this is it, I'm done. I don't want to... I'm dying tomorrow, guys. Peace. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Clocking it out. Also, fun fact about that last episode, Tommy Tiernan, uh, who went on to be like a, a famous comedian in Ireland, the guy who plays the depressed priest, still blames himself for Dermot Morgan's death. Because during the scene where Dermot Morgan is dancing to Shaq, he kept flubbing his lines. So they kept having to do the scene over and over again. And like Dermot Morgan was supposedly completely wrecked after like dancing to Shaq enthusiastically over and over again. So like, yeah, Tommy Tiernan still blames him for his death. Yeah, which is like, I don't think that like a little extra dancing is like causes you to no, have the man <laughs> the man smoked like a chimney <laughs> <laughs> also very funny that you called it uh the theme from shaft shack um like the basketball player <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah you're right um shaft yeah that's a good point um they should remake shaft with shaquille <laughs> yeah uh, why not <laughs> you know uh, that that has that that has crossed a uh, that's uh, like cross some executives desk yeah, yeah. One, like <laughs> five different like times as a commercial oh yeah yeah selling selling baby powder <laughs> yeah yeah um it's worth pointing out also that the three priest characters are basically the three archetypical understandings of what priests are by the irish public at that point in time which was basically father ted was they're kind of like they're corrupt they're selfish they're not pious they're not like meant to be as good as they're you know supposed to be um father dougal mcguire it was like yeah the priesthood exists for like rich people's kids who are just thick as shit to be sent off somewhere mm. because that is, they're not going to get any real job. Uh, that is funny. Is he supposed to be rich in the rest of the series? Because he just seems like a like a I don't know. Um, I don't think they ever a golden retriever. Into, yeah, he is a golden retriever. Yeah, basically, yeah. but they don't ever go into it. But um, might have been his accent. Like the actual guy who plays him went to like one of Ireland's poshest schools, mm. and I, I think listening back to it now, I kind of read his accent as someone who's a bit like rich uh um, his father was a finna fail politician or finna yes he was yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah one of he's those. like he's like kind of landed gentry he's one of those like uh country uh people who have like who come from a family that could afford to have like seven kids and send one of them off <laughs> to be like an actor uh, if we have but, 12 kids one of them will be on ireland's biggest sitcom <laughs> <laughs> just just by the numbers i mean statistically speaking the more children you have the higher likelihood that they can be yeah. on irish television then father jack is like your depiction of the priesthood as a place for monsters hmm. um because like the first like the first introduction to his character we have in the very first episode is him ordering the old girls school to go out and play volleyball without their tops on mm-hmm. like yeah, 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 which was a pretty like biting joke, and then we jumped ahead to season three where he's just kind of going like in the corner. <laughs> yeah, because I think he, he he couldn't have been that much of a monster. Or, like, yeah, it, it's we're pointing out there's also like a, a good set, like a good deal of like Gen X cynicism. Um, I think I pointed out that like they also did a like 
They did a satire of Sinead O'Connor, who was someone who was critical of that kind of behavior in the church. Mm -hmm. And they kind of like satirized her as like an idiot who didn't understand history and like a straw feminist and things like that. Um, So there's this, yeah, very Gen X, like both sides are bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, Graham Graham Linehan, the smartest person in the world. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) You don't know which one it was. Um. And then, yeah, the other, the fourth main character who gets like credits to the opening sequence is the housekeeper, Mrs. Doyle, mm-hmm. uh, played by Pauline McLean, um, who is just like a satire of Irish women over a certain age. Mm-hmm. Um, just very pushy, homely, somewhat oblivious, and quite cheerful. I don't oh, really know how to Always bringing it. you tea. Always bringing you tea. Yeah. Really horned up for the milkman. Dude, that, he was the coolest motherfucker. <laughs> What's his name Pat again? Mustard. Yeah. Pat Mustard. He fucking, yo, he, he fucked. Again, yeah. like, all of these characters are what the internet would call types of guys. Because, like, the Pat Mustard guy was just this, you know, I was hot shit in Ireland when I was in my, like, late 20s, early 30s. Like, society peaked when Thin Lizzy released The Boys Are Back in Town. Mm, that's actually true. Uh, are we are we going to talk about Thin Lizzy in this series? I would love to. <laughs> yeah, we could do that, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a statue of uh, Phil Linnish uh, in, yeah. in Dublin. As there should be. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, he's kind of like a, a, a hangover like, I have an uncle like this who will tell you stories about, like, oh, I knew X band or that band, blah, 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 and haven't really moved past that, those glory days. That's sick. But, uh, you're, so you, you mean, like, my uh, the middle school, the band teacher at my high school who was a roadie for Kiss and would tell the story every year. <laughs> yeah, but then he would also talk about the connections he had to the Ra. Um, so. <laughs> but like what is a different flavor in Ireland can, can we back up with the milkman are there what's what's the milkman situation in, in Ireland or at least in the 90s was it was it common was it like a, a country like I don't know pre-neoliberal oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hold on to like a holdover that people kind of clung to as we've discussed in the stream the dairy industry owns this fucking continent hmm. um, no the the Irish the milkman existed, it might be gone now, but the milkman existed in Ireland until the point of like my mid 20s. Like when I left Ireland, okay, so this was a thing. If you went out for like a night out at someone's house and you were like leaving their house at like 4 a.m. or 6 a.m. or something like that to grab like the first train home or something, it was like always a sign of a good night out when you were still awake and the milkman was up nice. delivering milk. Um, I uh, I do appreciate the uh, the you know milk comments that I felt came directly from your mouth. <laughs> you, get a, quality- you better get moving because milk goes off unless it's UHT milk, but we don't have any of that because it's shite. <laughs> yep, exactly. That's exactly that's exactly the fucking quote. Like Kieran said this at one point, probably. Yeah, I cannot stress which enough is the only can- milk that exists in Germany. Yeah, I cannot stress enough how you cannot get long life milk anywhere in Ireland. It's just not a thing. Yeah, it shouldn't be a thing anywhere, really. Let's just be honest yeah. here. I would rather, all right, I hate milk. I fucking hate milk. I can't stand <laughs> it. And I think the reason I hate milk is because the only milk I've known in my life has been this drivel that, you know, yeah. we like. The US doesn't have very good milk. Yeah, I mean, obvious. No. So. Yeah, 
maybe if I tried that sweet, sweet, you know, fresh milk that's delivered at four o'clock in the morning, maybe I would have different opinion on it. But I don't. Yeah. Also, <laughs> lactose intolerant as well. But if it was good milk, maybe, maybe I would, I would put up with it. I'm assuming yeah. that lactose intolerance is not really a thing that you can have in Ireland, but God yeah. no. <laughs> and if you do you just gotta suck it up it's like it's like in the like you know a thousand years ago when or like if a thousand years ago like a hundred years ago when they didn't know about dyslexia and they're just like toughen up keep writing keep reading it's, it's like that it's like it's milk you're gonna drink it just down the pint of milk <laughs> Uh, yeah, I like to imagine the Mrs. Doyle character is what she's really like horned up for is is just you know social democracy you know just like having a <laughs> man come by. So she yeah, reads she the really, yeah. Uh, imagine having this train map. She's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She just loves the fact that the milkman's a union worker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't stress enough how like the dairy industry in Ireland was like the last is the last remnant of Irish social democracy. Mm. Yeah, the the Gold is state owned. Irish Gaddafi will come from a from a VP of Kerry Gold <laughs> <laughs> taking it over and taking over the country. Yeah, the Kerry Gold Soviet. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, I, I guess you. We've gone into the actors a little bit. So, like, Dermot Morgan's kind of, like, frozen in time because he passed away immediately after Father Ted, even though he had, like, ambitions of doing other things. Um, he was also kind of already famous in Ireland for doing a satirical radio show called Scrap Saturday. They also did with Pauline McLean, the woman who played Mrs. Doyle, um, which is how they knew each other beforehand. Um, Frank Kelly stayed in Ireland mainly because he's fluent in Irish as well. So he was able to do stuff for the Irish language TV station. Um, he died of a heart attack in 2016. Before that, I made him a sandwich. Um, rest in peace. Maybe it, your sandwich killed him, Kieran. How does it make you feel? No, no, you, shut up. You should have the same <laughs> guilt as me. Tommy Tiernan. Like this, like very, like <laughs> I said hi and I scared him a little bit, and so maybe that you know led yeah. to something. Give him a his heart attack. Tuna and, uh, his tuna, mayo, and uh, sweet corn baguette. <laughs> his <laughs> what? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. You remember yeah. his fucking order? Yeah, I remember his order. <laughs> That's sick. Because I, I, w- I worked in the shop around the corner from a place that like old people would like dive into the ocean from. Hmm. And he would always go there regularly. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I thought this was like, this was like a, a, you were talking about suicide or something. No, no, no. Like, it, actually. <laughs> Jesus. That's an old Irish saying for commit suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This just reminds me of that thing. There's like restaurants in Berlin this do that do this thing of like whenever like a fame every restaurant in the world does this obviously of like when a famous mm. person comes in and they put the order of the famous person on the wall. Uh, and there's yeah, a there's like a, the Frank Kelly, yeah. Yeah, there's a place, I forget where it is in Berlin, that they have like George Clooney. It's like a Vietnamese place or something like that. They have like George Clooney's order or something like that that's up on the wall. It's like it was just a beverage. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I love that when they like when the famous person does order from the menu and we just change the thing. <laughs> like, yeah. I would like a beef pho. Oh, you mean a George Clooney? <laughs> 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 it's, it's clearly just a beef pho. Um, a Sprite is a George Clooney. <laughs> yeah, a Sprite is called George Clooney here. Um, Frank Kelly is also worth pointing out because despite Dermot Morgan, who like passed away, I think he's the only one who took like being on Father Ted in good spirits. Like, in that kind of usual actor way of, like, I don't want to only be remembered for this one thing. 
Like the guy who plays Dougal has like a massive chip in his shoulder about that. Um, what that that that's his only character. Yeah, basically, everyone remembers him from that because he's definitely not like done anything more memorable or more critically acclaimed since. Um, and even then, I think there's ways as actors to just like do enough stuff that people are like, oh yeah, he was in Father Ted, but I also saw him in this. No one says that of Ardle McCandlin. I have to say, he was, he, was, he was pretty good. Um, Father Ted was, I thought he played his character very well. The, the Dougal, he also, he just has like kind of a goofy face. Um, yeah, he's perfect for the role. He delivered his lines very well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and there was something that, like, there's just like a lack of humbleness of just being like recognizing, because the thing is, he just can't do anything else well. And if he just kind of like leaned into that, I'm just like, okay, I'll just play like golden retriever t- style idiot. Um, yeah. Then I think he probably would have had like a, a happier existence. Yeah. Um, As we all would if we think, if you think about it. Mm. <laughs> golden retriever, uh, happiest dog. Um, Pauline went on to like win some awards and other TV shows that she did. But that's, uh, that's basically the story of all the four main actors. Uh, I I I would say I have a few like bits from the episodes to to share, and that before we get into yeah. some Catholic Church commentary, uh, <laughs> go first. Um, the in the very last episode, this guy who I assume they're just like, can you sound more American? Like no, but what like an Irish person thinks an American sounds like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I was like, I think- did they add an effect to his voice or something? <laughs> What was his name even? Because we gave like we yeah, gave Buzz. His name was Buzz. Name. Buzz. Yeah, Buzz <laughs> Chipley or something. Um, um, yeah. Anyway, one of his things of like selling why Father Ted should come to Beverly Hills or L.A. He's like, you might meet Kevin Spacey, and I was like, is this a coded uh, pedophilia joke? Because that's very funny. <laughs> I don't know what they knew in the nineties. Kevin Spacey. Well, Kevin like, Spacey was tight with the with the Queen for for a while, right? Like. <laughs> No, no, I, that's that's very. So it's also like we're pointing out, like you know, Graham Lennon, who was the shot in or whatever, that was like kind of idolized American media, but at the same time had this very Irish attitude towards America, of like, oh yeah, like there's parts like Beverly Hills, it's all glamour, and um, you should be honored to ever just like be in the grace of someone like Kevin Spacey. Absolutely no subtext. Absolutely no mm. critique. Of like then it was like, oh, wouldn't it be nice to meet him? Um, but then also the perception of like deathly unsafe, gun shootings all the time, gang crime, like it, it's massively yeah. dangerous place. That is like a hundred percent like a very Irish opinion of the United States. That was funny because a land of opportunity if you can survive. It was like what turned it was like, yeah, mentioning that that he, that it's like a, a gang, there's, there's a lot of gangs in the neighborhood and that there's like a basketball court. And it's like, yeah, try to get kids to play basketball together. That's 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 the line for me. I can't I can't do that to try to, to try to bring the community together. Um yeah, I, I think they handled that quite well in that episode because the whole thing is they do the dialogue back and forth because you realize everything that um, the American priest is talking about how great is his parish. And they mention, and he does not mention at once what the parish, until the very end, what the parish Father Ted's going to be like, is going to, is going to be like. Yeah, with like the inequality of the US and the image. And yeah, I see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's obviously they're going to send him like to somewhere like inner city LA or Oakland or whatever, like whatever that was in their imagination at the time. Yeah. 
Um, <coughs> yeah, I, I added that episode just for Rob because I was like, I knew Rob was going to enjoy the like weird American depiction. I do. Oh, I wouldn't Father enjoy Jack. it. <laughs> no, but like I spend this is why I love Thin Lizzy too. Talk about not like talk about getting America. It's just like <laughs> Rob's favorite band, Thin Lizzy. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> I do love Thin Lizzy. Um the, I thought the the like um the episode where yeah, Father Ted's a racist, there were like very good moments. I remember now the scene you showed us once, Kieran, with the I heard you're a racist, Father Ted. Um that yeah, was very yeah, funny. Yeah. But the reason that's funny is because it it like in my opinion, is that it like gets to the like the bread and butter, which is the priests interacting with the townspeople. Like that's when the show yeah. is at its best, I feel like. And some of the like it was like forcing that, oh, he's a Nazi, and there's like, oh, these Chinese people that like they have to sit down and watch him be racist. It was a little like I don't know. It just didn't quite land. Like I thought that landed really well. I have the exact opposite opinion of that. <laughs> I find that very interesting because I thought that was done. I thought that was done really well. I really enjoyed that episode. I, I think I enjoyed I, that episode the most. I never love a character that it's like your job is to be there and be like, "This motherfucker's racist." Like I like, and you, no, you're on camera like seven it, times. Though, that then like, but he's the, like the whole be, episode. But then, no, but the thing is that then the entire <laughs> point of it, I think, was like dealt in a way that then I think is a really good European way of dealing with racism. Is that then that a lot of Europeans would do something? I mean, at least I listen to, I know this in the sense of how like older Germans would probably do the same thing. Of that, then like the thing to like, a slideshow of a picture of you with a black man. Yeah, exactly. And it's <laughs> like, the slideshow you know, was like, funny, but every time it like I feel like it had to like. I mean, just just because it was the like fact that he had Mr. hilariously Miyagi racist. On there talking yeah. about how he loved Chinese people fucking killed me. Okay, but just and with Father just, Ted. First of all, uh, the actor is, has a great racist uh, like thing where he's like he puts a lampshade on his head and he does his Chinaman <laughs> routine. Um, and then like the cutaway that like oh some like a Chinese family saw him like I just feel like it was going too much back to like these like a few. Um, um, you know, actors playing the like Chinese people in the town being like, oh, yeah, okay, he's going to apologize now and stuff. And like, I don't know. It just didn't quite flow for me. I think the- that that showed that racism doesn't pay. And that's the real <laughs> lesson here. No, but the fact that, that, that he's learned. like gifted all the Nazi memorabilia at the end of it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> that's so good. It's so stupid, too. Like, it's just genuinely good, dumb humor. I do. I do really like the whole like. Uh, and over here we have my infantry helmets. Oh, they're German as well, are they? Yes. <laughs> Anything from the Allies? No, I wouldn't be interested in any of that. Just like, <laughs> like just the um, the slap cut of just like, okay, here's someone kind of tactfully, somewhat, or like they think tactfully, not giving away they're a Nazi. Then just widen the frame to the yeah. giant drive. Yeah, that was so. And I mean, like, it's I, I I do genuinely think it's funny too because in just like the history of Ireland, I'm pretty sure that that also had something to do with that as well. That there's like. Yeah, a bit of like <laughs> crypto fascist people just like scattered across that country. I do, I do wonder. Um, like there is. You also said ex- too, like the Germans' opinion of Ireland is also very interesting. So the fact there's that old Nazi guy that then was there who like fled to Ireland afterwards, who's yeah. part of the Wehrmacht, is like probably historically very much a reality of Ireland. Of just like a bunch of old Nazis were like, well, I'm not high enough up to yeah. like have anything bad to me but i just don't want to like be here anymore 
Yeah, there there was some cases of like fairly senior SS people fleeing to like rural Ireland and just like living quiet existences. Um like the the poor Nazis Argentina. But the to be honest, I think they just happened upon that by accident. Like I think they just thought that would just be like a funny joke. I don't oh, think Oh, okay. So there is no like historical, yeah. you know, relevance there. I'm reading I think too there much is. into it's it. Just they, they there is, but they I think they landed on it completely by mistake. Um the I don't know. That shit when he fucking when they get home to his house for like the the the, the end party thing <laughs> fucking killed me with the fucking Hitler portraits everywhere, the massive swastika. <laughs> <laughs> The, um, and the fucking Father Jack coming out of the fucking thing where the, the presents get the swapped. Yeah, that's fucking on. hilarious. That's so good. But I can get it. I, I can get if you don't like it because that's just genuine, just dumb, like actually stupid humor. Mm. Yeah, think, per- personal um, preference. Yeah, I think there's episodes... Rob, if that's kind of like the shit you like, there's episodes I could definitely send you. There's the one where like the first crime happens on Craggy Island and like the police overreact and like purchase a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound uh, good. Or like the one where they have like, where they're judging the like best sheep competition. Oh, hell yeah. Scat- I've been, I huge scandal of it being rigged. And- <laughs> I have personal preference or th- there's a, um, a, a spot in my heart for sheep competitions because I have been to the County fair before where they judge the cows and stuff (laughs) and just the like the pleasure you see on the man's face when he's like now that and he just like spends like a minute and a half describing how beautiful this cow is (laughs) i that's that's uh, that's the way to live baby i think there's something you land on there though which is a little bit of a a, um an interesting thing because like this was on british tv and they had to like uh not censor it but they kind of had to appeal to a british audience there's things like they never refer to the police as the Gardaí, which is like mm. you would never call the, the police in Ireland the police. You call them the Gardaí. But they just had to do that because this is on British TV. We can't like British people understand Irish accents. They don't know Irish vocab. Um, to so be fair, like I only there. could understand this show because I've known you for long enough. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, <laughs> but the... So there's things like that and there's like a different lens as well because I think you have this idea of uh, you like when the priests are interacting with the village but I guess for a lot of Irish people watching we are standing in for the village. Mm. Like because the... Like, I can't stress enough how for Irish people the show is just like a list of as Twitter would call a type of guy and we are just kind of like oh I knew someone like this person or I knew someone like that person. Mm. Um, but w- I guess just not not to keep bringing it up, but the reason I thought the like racism episode isn't good is because like the the Asian characters don't get to be any type of guy. They're just like this motherfucker's racist. Like that's the only you know. Yeah, it's just a little, little again. Cheap. That's the thing though is that then that's what I that's like not that I enjoyed the depiction of Asian people in this, <laughs> but I do think that it is. I feel that then like you wouldn't have as. I don't know. I, I, I found that a very true depiction of how some Europeans, you know, pick which ones you do, um, view, like, other people who aren't from there, that there are they are like a monolith, you know, like, to them. Mm. Like, talk to a, like, again, like I said, use the example of Germans, you know? And if it was supposed to be intentional, intentional or not with that, I don't know, but I think that that dealt with that in a 
pretty realistic way of like that there's this like well i don't want to be racist but then like also simultaneously it is still kind of racist you know i i also want to point out that the reason i felt the need to really include this episode was because i do think graham linehan thinks that he is father ted in real life with the accusations of transphobia probably like that's how he views himself i'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure in that like instant um but yeah 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 like 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 exactly well even if he doesn't exactly the point of that then even if you were trying to make a not racist you know like exactly what rob said of that even if it was like the sense of that you're trying to point out that father ted shouldn't be racist the way that that entire scene was still made because you created a monolith of asian people not by father ted but by the direction of how the show made it Mm. you know still ends up being like kind of racist you know, yeah. in like a more meta sense, not in the in the show sense of racism, you know? Yeah, I think there is also I'm not sure if it was intentional or not, but I think there is meant to be this critique of or like a, a, a nod to a changing Ireland because 90s is also because of Ireland's prosperity during the 90s is the only time we really saw influxes of uh, other people, basically. There is like there, one of the jokes is meant to be that it's absurd that a place like Craggy Island would have, yeah, would have like a Chinatown. Yeah, yeah. Also because it's just so remote, and um, which I guess leads us into like a, a, a just a small thing that I would say, which is the popularity of the show also kind of comes to like Ireland's relationship with the Catholic Church at the time. Uh, I did the big laundry list of like everything I found that happened in the nineties. Yeah, was like, but wait, you should go through that quickly because I want to. I mean, while this is culture hour, um, yeah, culture, uh, yeah, <laughs> run it down for the culture. All right, so uh, like I said, Father Ted was nineteen ninety five to nineteen ninety eight, uh, but we had big events. Nineteen ninety two, we have the X case, which is like the courts finally force uh, the Irish government to say if a woman's life is in danger because of pregnancy, she's allowed to get an abortion. Mm. Um, in that case, like there was an injunction to stop the family from going to the UK to get an abortion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then yeah, the yeah. court had to overrule that. Yeah. Absurd. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was grim folks. It was grim. Um, <laughs> like when I was born, I think contraception was still illegal. Um, 1992, Shade O'Connor covers Bob Marley's war on Saturday Night, Li- Saturday Night Live while ripping a picture of Pope John Paul while singing evil and yells, fight the real enemy. Yeah. Well, uh, Shanae O'Connor, what, what do Irish people, what is her role in Ireland? She's, um, she was always someone that's like, people are like, man, she's crazy. Like, that's all I knew about her. I was like, <laughs> but yes. I mean, talking about how the, the church is uh, doing child abuse in 1992. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> Very, very true. Yeah. So my my general my general critique of like Sinead O'Connor critique quote unquote critique take on Sinead O'Connor is that she was right, but probably too early, and the press just like fucking clamped down on her real hard. Um, because I don't think like I don't think she's crazy. I think my general my general point of view would be Ireland is Ireland is way too fucking small. For libel reasons, there's a bunch of like musicians and comedians in Ireland that I know but can't say fuck kids. Um, not kids, teenagers, but still, you know, illegal shit. And Ireland is like way too small. So whenever I see Sinead O'Connor 
like attacking the Catholic Church for sexual abuse scandals and a more sexist media would kind of like label as overly emotional, overly hysterical, blah, blah, blah. I, I've seen that kind of response in a lot of Irish people before for various things. And it's just like, yeah, you saw someone close to you have their like lives ruined by yeah, this. Enough to drive you crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, so like one of the last points I have here is that in 1999, in 1992, 1995, we have a bunch of like sexual abuse scandals come out mm. regarding the church that happened since Ireland became a thing in the thirties. And like, yeah, they all came out in a public way and legally that we could talk about. But again, Ireland is so fucking small that there was definitely pockets of people who fucking knew. Um, they just, you know, due to whatever guilt or whatever, just did not talk, talk about that. And I think Sinead O'Connor was someone who had like a platform and obviously felt a bit more comfortable doing that on American TV. Um, yeah. I think the other thing that I've heard about the SNL incident is basically just like the Americans just didn't seem to get it. <laughs> like Joe Pesci like threatened to punch her in the face because he was a good Italian Catholic. Um, yeah. yeah. Motherfucker just didn't get Joe it. Joe Pesci. Think, right? <laughs> well, that's yeah. But that's the thing though, is that that's like, that's, that is definitely uh, um, an American way because i think that this is probably the same thing within like the irish american community too is it like not yeah. wanting to like being a good catholic is then obviously also like ignoring all of the very open bad stuff that then the the catholic church does on an international yeah. level you know like the child abuse scandals are not only just an ireland thing they have popped up in every part of the world and the Vatican was very active in making sure that they would crack down on them or hiding yeah. them. First off, first off, hiding them. I mean, like, remember Joseph Ratzinger or what Benedict the Sixteenth literally had to step down because of these related scandals. You know, something yeah. that hadn't happened in hundreds of years of a of a pope stepping down, and now because of that, the Catholic Church has then taken the exact opposite stance of like any peep of potential child molestation um, hmm. will end up with you immediately excommunicated because they don't want to, like, they won't even, the thing that's really weird is that the Catholic Church now, depending on, like, cause it's done on, like, a local basis, even then, like, you know, even though it's centralized with Rome, you're allowed to then, on your own diocese, you know, decide of, of who and what happens. And there's, um, like, I know for a fact that then within, like, local dioceses in the United States, that they've gone to the point of, like, they won't even bother investigating them. They'll just immediately, like, remove a priest, which is, like, yeah. also not good because, like, then people can come and go and say, well, yeah, like, ex-priest molested someone with no evidence whatsoever because the Catholic Church just doesn't want to start uncovering the actual shit mm -hmm. again because actual true allegations of that that then ended up being on they did the movie about this in Boston like what from the Washington <laughs> Post right like a few years ago yeah where yeah, like yeah, yeah. the catholic church is so careful about this shit now that they're actually like not like it's weird it's a it's like i i think that like obviously covering it up and covering up the horrible things that happen to people's lives is fucking horrible and disgusting and the catholic church is you know yeah Sinead O'Connor is like absolutely right in pointing this out and American Catholics will be like no 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 like the Catholic Church is good because I'm a fucking psychopath 
But then I think also then the other side of it too, like in the Americans, I mean, I don't know how this is internationally, but I do know for like a, a, a fact of it this way, of that then now the U.S. Catholic Church like won't even bother to even like doing investigations. They'll just start removing priests to kind of just like wipe their hands off it immediately, mm. which is also like really fucking shit as well instead of like actually trying to like, you know, yeah. So I'm assuming again, yeah, just the digger, the more you start digging, the more these old networks are going to start like, you know, popping up again. Oh, yeah. You know, and the Catholic Church. Yeah, I don't know. International fucking child prostitution rings are definitely something the Catholic Church has a lot of uh, uh, maybe not child, but child abuse rings of priests having like networks of of this is very much a a thing, you know. So like I I think it was like seven years later, the Pope kind of basically admitted that there was like a network of (laughs) pedophiles. Like I said, she was like right too early and. There's other thing as well, like Madonna like really ripped into her at the time, and I really wonder if there's anywhere on record if Madonna's been asked like, so how do you feel about doing that? Because you know, Sinead was right. <laughs> yeah, um, Madonna's always on the right side of history, though, right? All <laughs> <laughs> um, the things that happened in Ireland in terms of like secularization and stuff like that was like 1995. We had the referendum to legalize divorce, like I mentioned earlier. 1993, homosexuality is decriminalized. Uh, also in 1993, the Magdalen, Magdalen Laundry's mass grave is discovered, which was a uh, a home for what was referred to as fallen women, who were, as later revealed, to be like massively abused, both sexually and physically, mentally, I'm sure, and a lot of them driven to death and just kind of like buried in a big, big hole by some nuns. And uh, yeah, 1999, uh, 1990 to 1995 is. Um, yeah, is like the the various scandals from things that happened in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s of like priests. <laughs> I thought you were going to name like one or two decades, not just the entire 20th century. All the decades since the, <laughs> yeah, since the, since the 30s, yeah. Yeah, since the founding um, of this country. <laughs> so by the time Father Ted, I don't know, first airs in 95, you say people are predisposed to a little bit of... Uh, um, some some light ribbing of the uh, of the Catholic Church. I I think it's allowed to get a bit more pointed. I guess I would describe what was happening in Scrap Saturday, like Dermot Morgan's uh, radio skit show that was happening on the national broadcaster in Ireland. Um, I would describe that more as light ribbing. One of my favorite sketches from that show, like it, it, this happened in the eighties, but like I remember listening to like tapes and CDs, whatever was like Dermot and Pauline, like the woman who played Mrs. Doyle, did like the Catholic Church's Guide to Sex, which was them just like in audio form pretending to have sex while constantly reassuring each other this was for contracept this was for uh, conceiving and we're not enjoying ourselves. <laughs> like there was this cultural funny. critique. Yeah, yeah it's pretty good. But like there was this cultural critique because it's very hard to critique the culture of Ireland with the, and the politics of Ireland without talking about the Catholic Church, especially in the eighties. Um, but yeah, I think people were more ready for it. I think it also worked as a panacea as well because compared to what the stuff that did happen, the characters in Father Ted are silly; they're not necessarily monsters. Um, so I think there's also like. I think it was also a kind of a form of cope. Yeah, well, I think that's kind of inherent in the in the format of sitcoms. Like you're supposed mm. to like they have to tend to lovable over time, 
that's why people watch it. So it kind of does blunt the edge of whatever you're trying to do. If you're even trying yeah. to like, I don't know, satirize or make a critique, which is maybe why I like the first episode the best. I don't know. I think I could definitely show you more like, because I think it's like, the problem I think with the show as well, especially with international stuff, is the UK kind of, I think, looks at Father Ted and says, that's all of Ireland. But I think in Ireland, Father Ted plays more of a role of satirizing like both Ireland of the past and like what still exists in Ireland today, which is like towns. Mm-hmm. Towns as opposed to like suburbs and cities. Like it is set on like an island off the west coast of Ireland, which is like the most remote you can really get on that on in that country. Um so there is like this like distinction there. Um yeah. But it's it's I don't know where I was going with that point, sorry. <laughs> but like, <laughs> um, there's, I think there's a lot of stuff there that can be said about like small town Ireland that I think you would enjoy, Rob. Sure. I'm in. Yeah. We can watch them together. <laughs> little little Father yeah. Ted and chill. Yeah. We do watch parties if that wasn't like highly <laughs> illegal. <laughs> I've been doing it on um like on the internet, so not Father Ted watch parties. I've uh been watching baseball with the uh hello 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 boys mm. and uh adam bought it now so <laughs> we could do we could do it on if father ted is on amazon prime we can do it on twitch <laughs> you can also do it on you also can do it on uh on on youtube yeah but i think the they're on youtube i think illegally <laughs> no they're not We'll, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> yeah, right, right, yeah, okay. Uh, in anyway. conclusion, um, Sinead O'Connor walked so Graham Linehan could run. That's the that's the nineties uh, art. If for Graham you. Linehan converts to Islam, I'm so fucked. <laughs> That'd be so cool. Yeah, then his his fucking sins are absolved. Then <laughs> if he if he converted to Islam, would be the most interesting thing he'd ever done in his life. So he should. Yeah, like that will that will like. Unlike Rob, I'm willing to say that I enjoyed the IT crowd, but that would be much better <laughs> than the IT crowd. <laughs> All right. With that, that's a bonus episode. We will see you guys on the main feed on Monday. Ciao, ciao. See ya. Bye.